to the official podcast for the Australian Podiatry Association. This is where we talk about issues affecting podiatrists and their patients, as well as a range of broader topics. My name is Annette. I'm the CPD manager with the Australian Podiatry Association and your host for today's episode. Today, we're talking with two trustees of the Australian Podiatry Education and Research Foundation, APERF. So we can better understand what and who APERF is and what it does. And we're joined by Dr. Susan Nancaro and Professor Hilton Menz. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you, Annette. Thanks, Annette. Uh, thanks for having me. Susan Nancaro trained as a podiatrist 30 years ago, but since then her career has spanned private practice, healthcare management in the public sector, followed by nearly 20 years as an academic researcher. Susan was formerly Professor of Health Sciences and most recently Deputy Vice-Chancellor Research at Southern Cross University. Susan's research interests have been on allied health workforce research and recently co-authored a book called The Allied Health Professions, a Sociological Perspective, which compares allied health professions in Australia and the UK. Susan also recently launched a startup called Academic Entrepreneur, which helps academics reframe their messages for mainstream audiences. My apologies there. I think I was, uh, Susan, I was uh, stumbling over some of my words. Professor Hilton Menz is a podiatrist and Hilton completed his PhD focusing on gait patterns, balance and falls at the University of New South Wales in 2002. Currently a National Health and Medical Research Council of Australia Fellow with a broad research discipline such as human movement, rehabilitation and rheumatology, with a particular focus on musculoskeletal foot problems in older people, Hilton's research extends from laboratory-based biomechanical studies through to analysis of epidemiological data sets and the conduct of clinical trials. As said, it's great to have you both on board today. Now, many podiatrists may not realise, but APERF was established in 1990, which this year is 31 years ago. That's a fair time for a foundation to be working hard for its professional base. So, Hilton, maybe we can start with yourself. What is APERF and, and what does it do? Okay, well, the Australian Podiatry Education Research Foundation, uh, as you said, started way back in 1990, so I, I wasn't there at the, the start of it. This was uh, more than 30 years ago. Um, but the idea behind it was to advance research into causes, prevention and treatment of uh, foot problems. And the way it does that is by awarding research grants each year. They're generally between around five and $10,000 for each research grant. And uh, since SAPEF started, uh, we've funded uh, around about 75 different projects with the total amount awarded being around about half a million dollars now. So it's a fairly substantial uh, contribution to um, the research activity within the profession. And the research projects have really covered the full range of um, specialty areas in podiatry. Now, the way APEF works is that it's funded primarily through donations um, from individual podiatrists, but also industry supporters. And we've also conducted a few fundraising activities over the years to help um, keep the money 
flowing um, into the uh, foundation and then out to our researchers. Now, there must be more than yourselves on the Board of Trustees. Susan, who are the other trustees of APERF? And uh, since the board has expanded and diversified, tell me what, what happens when the trustees get together? Thanks, Annette. Well, yes, there are more than us. And until the end of last year, there were seven of us. And a lot of the people on the board would be known to many people in the podiatry community. So until the end of last year, our chair was Associate Professor Carl Landorf, and he'd been the chair for a number of years and really put quite a lot of structure and strategy around um, what we do in APERF. But he stood back from the chair's role at the end of last year and our new chair is Sean Bergen. So Sean is a clinician and a diabetes researcher um, and academic at La Trobe University. We also have Hilton, who's on the line, Anita Raspovich, who's a senior lecturer and she's the course coordinator at La Trobe University and her area of research is in biomechanics and diabetes. Paul Bennett, who'll be known to many people, he's a senior lecturer at QUT and been around the traps for a very long time, um, diabetes researcher and uh, creator of the Foot Health Status Questionnaire. And we also have a clinician, uh, Dean Samaras, who's a podiatric surgeon and he's also an adjunct lecturer at La Trobe University. So we always meet in early December when we get together to discuss the um, applications that we've received. But before that, we normally have one meeting during the year where we get together to, dis to discuss the strategy, our budget, um, where we're going, our marketing, uh, the, the types of projects we've had. And it's really a, a good opportunity for us to get together. We've all been working together, I think, with the exception of Dean, who's only relatively recently joined us. Everyone else has been um, together for at least seven years, which is when I came on. And so we've got a really good working relationship. Um, it's a small profession and we've talked about trying to change the membership and um, we have um, had Dean join us. Um, but I think yep. it's it's quite a, a well-functioning group. So we get together, we drink lots of coffee and eat lots of lovely cakes that Pauline gets us. But really, um, our goal is to try to bring more money into APERF and look at the strategic areas where we need to invest and where the research, research needs to be done and the opportunities for doing that um, and opportunities for building research capacity. Mm, mm. Well, look, that's, um, you know, that, that I guess segues, you know, perfectly into my next question, which is research, we know, is, is, is ever evolving and a vital part of health developments. Hilton, what do you consider as the research priorities in podiatry and how might APERF best address some of these? Yeah, look, that's a really good question, Annette, because it's, um, it's actually quite difficult. You know, identifying research priorities is difficult within podiatry, but even more broadly because you're faced with a situation where you have limited funds. You'd like to fund every project that comes along, but you're forced to, to make decisions around that. Now, APERF doesn't actually have a formal list of research priorities. Now, internationally, there have been some attempts to try and address that, uh, most recently in the UK, uh, there was a group called the James Lind Alliance and they developed, uh, I guess, like a formal list, a top 10 list of research priorities. Now, in Australia, we don't have that. But when we're assessing grants at APERF, we're very much focused on scientific quality, but also one of the key considerations as to what gets funded 
is how the project will actually impact on the profession of podiatry. So how will it actually make a difference? Now, that difference could be on sort of day-to-day clinical practice. So how will this project change the way people in practice assess or or treat people with uh, foot conditions? Or it could be making a difference more broadly in relation to sort of health service changes or policy or that sort of thing. Um, So it is difficult to try and work out which areas to fund. Um, and we also need to make sure that we sort of address all the different subspecialty areas in podiatry. So it's an ongoing issue. It's something that's not limited to APERF in terms of the, the challenges around prioritising projects. Um, and having said all that, we are sort of looking into maybe commencing a more formal process where we develop a set of research priorities um, by getting feedback from the profession and also from patients to see what patients think are the most important areas for podiatry to research. Mm-hmm. Now, you've mentioned that APERF has funded over 75 projects to date. Susan, what are some examples of projects that, that APERF has funded? So I was having a look through the list of funded projects recently and we've funded um, a real diversity of projects and it's interesting to see how they've evolved over time. But they can really be clustered under four big themes, I suppose. And the first one is understanding the epidemiology of um, podiatric conditions. So um, counting conditions and looking at the the prevalence of of disease, who has them and where they're located. And a couple of examples are um, studies of growing pains in children and studies of risk factors and treatment for foot ulcers in people with diabetes. An area that we get a lot of applications for and we have funded a lot of projects in are around improving clinical practice. And I think this is really important for the profession to understand that we really try to ensure that the the studies we fund are as relevant as possible to clinical practice. So um, examples include validating biomechanical measurements, um, the effectiveness and effects of foot orthotics, um, the effective treatments of um, neuromuscular disease and... Um, evaluating different types of treatments. So, for instance, for Achilles tendinopathy. The next one, which is a big interest of mine, is understanding the podiatry workforce. So, understanding, for instance, the roles of podiatry assistants, um, work-related injuries, um, because podiatrists are using their hands all the time, um, and understanding prescribing practices of scheduled medicines um, since podiatry's had access, some podiatrists have had access to prescribing. And the last big theme is educational projects. And some of the projects we've funded around that have been online resources for people with heel pain, um, looking at graduate um, employment destinations and the engagement of private practitioners in clinical placement opportunities. Um, And we're constantly looking at how we can grow those areas and the research opportunities within them. But they are the, the four key themes that we've looked at at the moment. Mm, that is very, very broad. With, uh, with the Podiatry Board of Australia reporting just recently in December 2020 that there are 5,500 practising registered podiatrists in Australia, we do recognise that podiatry is one of the smaller allied health professions. Hilton, how does APERF deal with any conflicts of interest? Yeah, well, when we're assessing grants, it is obviously really important to make sure it's a transparent process and that no bias sort of creeps in uh, as a result of you know, any professional or personal or commercial 
uh, relationships between the applicants and the trustees. Now, we can't uh, blind the applications. We can't make them anonymous because we need to assess uh, researcher track records and that sort of thing. So because of that, we need to have a fairly robust um, conflict of interest policy. So to address that, we've adopted essentially what the National Health and Medical Research Council of Australia does for their grant applications. And that involves um, the trustees declaring any conflicts that they have right at the start. Um, and they could be what we would categorise as, say, a major conflict. So, for example, if um, one of the applicants um, came from the institution where the trustee works, then obviously uh, that's a pretty clear conflict of interest. So that trustee would not read that application and they would need to leave the room and that's been discussed. So they're completely removed from the process. Apart from those sort of major ones, you've then got, I guess, significant but, but not as sort of serious conflicts of interest. An example of that might be if um, an applicant had worked with one of the trustees a long time ago, you know, five, ten years ago, but they're not currently collaborating, or if they might have co-written a paper quite a few years back, but they're not currently doing any work together. Now, in that case, it would still need to be declared, but then what we do is we we talk to the, the rest of the trustees and they make a judgment as to whether they consider that to be a sufficient conflict for the, um, for the trustee to leave the room when those grants um, are being evaluated. So we do tend to err on the side of caution with conflicts um, simply because, as you've pointed out, we are a very small profession. Um, we, we tend to know a lot of people in the, in the profession and we do work fairly collaboratively, and that's obviously a good thing. But where possible, we need to keep those lines fairly clear so there's no bias creeping into the assessments. Mm, absolutely. Now, a quick review of the APERF website today has provided me with loads of information and I can see that there is yearly funding round. Susan, what advice would you have for potential applicants and can you announce when the application round for 2021 opens? Yes, um, the application round normally opens um, October, early November. Actually, do we have a fixed date every year, Hilton? It's fairly similar each year. Um, it's uh, generally opening October the 1st and then closing at the end of that month. There might be a little bit of flexibility around that depending on how the calendar falls each year, but yes, it's just generally at the same time each year. Mm-hmm. And what advice would you have for potential applicants? You know, is there, there's obviously some forms, uh, you know, is there any sort of, um, you know, background information that you're really looking for? Any helpful hints and tips? So one of the things I'd say is um, in the time that I've been a trustee, the amount of funding we've given out hasn't changed all that much, but I think the cost of research has gone up. And I think some researchers might be put off by the relatively small amount of funding available. And it was really interesting looking back through the 70 plus projects that we've funded because what what you can see is that a very, very small project has been the seeding and the starting point for some fantastic careers. Um, Hilton, I'd say you were already well established by the time you got funding, but um, you can see some, some pathways in your career. Um, a, a really obvious person is Josh Burns, who, as an early career researcher, had been funding with APERF and is now the Dean of Health Sciences at Sydney University. So I'm not saying that um, the, an APERF is the, the source of a, a fantastic career, but 
um, it's certainly a stepping stone. So don't be put off by the small amount, but you do need to target and scope the project accordingly. So first of all, um, we really see the difference between applications that have had academic input and we would strongly advise that someone works with an academic mentor before they put it in. Uh, because of the relatively small funding amount, people need to be realistic about the scope and price. And we get some fantastic applications that could probably do with 10 to 20 times the amount of funding that they're asking for. And they're just unfeasible with, with the amount of money available. So if you've got a great idea, scale it back to something that you can actually do with the resources or demonstrate that you've got um, additional sources of funding. Um, innovation is good and I think every year we get some innovative projects um, and we always put those and I think um, it, it's really exciting to see those and I think some of the things like looking at um, hand injuries is one of the innovative ones, development of apps, um, examples like that, but we really like to see innovation. One of the things that we always come back to, we, again, we see some fantastic applications that don't have any clinical relevance. They look like a really interesting idea academically, but if they can't be applied to clinic, applied clinically, then we're very unlikely to fund it. Um, conversely, make sure you're not reinventing the wheel. So if you've got a great idea, make sure it hasn't been done before. Our board of trustees, I would say, um, probably have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in most podiatric-related areas and we'll know whether it's been done before. Um, if you're a junior researcher, try and get a collaborator who's more experienced. So this goes back to the, the mentorship idea. But um, on the opposite of that, we often see what I would call ballot box stuffing. We get people who um, get every professor they, they know onto the application and that just makes it top heavy and they're often not costed in, but it, it also looks like an unwieldy project. So, so make sure that the team is right for the project rather than just um, aiming to get a whole lot of um, golden tickets onto your application. Um, another thing I'd say is um, the form has changed slightly over time that I've been on, been a trustee, but not very much. Um, there's really no excuse for not sticking to the guidelines, the word limits, and the descriptions and so forth. And the, the top the, the wording is tight, so you need to be fairly concise on what you're presenting. Um, the other thing we'd say, and it goes back to the funding issue, is try to apply for funding for a smaller, more clearly defined project than a larger, less well-defined project. Because again, it's much easier for us to assess and award that and also monitor the outcomes. We like to be able to celebrate our successes. We love it when people publish in JFAR. And so it's, it's much easier for us to see that um, translation from a, a small project into an output and it might lead to something bigger, which often they do. Okay. Susan Hilton, thank you both for your insights today. I think it's been an important and timely reminder for podiatrists about the important work APERF supports and funds that, you know, one in five Australians are affected by foot pain, which results in difficulty walking or reduced physical activity, in turn, of course, impacting so many aspects of their lives, I think shows just how vital uh, ongoing research in the field is. And I'd also like to take the opportunity to remind our listeners where you can find the APERF website. You can find the website through the Australian Podiatry Association website, headtopodiatry.org.au. 
www.ai.org.au about us and then partners. Or, of course, you can go direct to www.aperf.foundation. Hilton, Susan, thanks again for your time in speaking with us. Thank you very much, Annette. Thanks, Annette. It's been, it's been good talking about APERF with you. It's been great fun. That wraps us up for today's episode. As always, we welcome your feedback and requests for podcast topics. Email your feedback or any topics you might like to hear more on to info at podiatry.org.au. And don't forget to check out our website, podiatry.org.au, as a source for ongoing updates on a range of topics for podiatrists. And also, when you do, take a look at our social media feeds at facebook.com forward slash Australian Podiatry Association or Twitter at apoda underscore national. In the meantime, stay safe and take care. Thank you.